it's a company which is a wearable company for anybody who does not know and it's a band with a with a sensor right you can imagine how many requests he gets about oh can we can it have a watch face why doesn't it not look like a watch but the sentence that he said was that the moment we decide to put a face on it or a watch screen on it the discussions will very quickly move from tracking your health to oh what watch face should we give it and you are deviating away from the core problem your core mission that you were set to solve hi everyone this is your host himanshu and today we have our guest miss anvika who is a senior product manager at cultfit and looking after weight loss product portfolio other than being a amazing pm she is like a wonder woman of writing as well so if you are looking for a writing tip do ping her on linkedin but on today's episode you are going to discover so many things about how she approaches product management and how she is planning to grow in her own career as a product manager so without further ado i want to welcome her on the show show me aapka swagat hai anvika thanks amanshu i think uh, i really like the name first of all humans of product uh, everybody is a huge fan of uh, humans of bombay and what not i think uh, that was a very creative name uh, and i'm super excited uh, to just have a fun conversation get to know uh, you a lot and also learn in the process uh, and add a lot of value I'm I'm so excited as well. It's all my pleasure to have you here on the show today. And talking about the name, I feel that uh, yes, that was my inspiration as well. Uh, when I was looking at Humans of New York, I also felt that that there are a lot of amazing folks in product space, and uh, everyone should have access to their mind. And today we'll try to give access to your mind that how you think about it. So so let's right jump in. I want to start this conversation by. understanding your journey how you become pm for the very first time i guess now is the time when people straight up go into product management i'm sure this was not the case um several years ago uh, so i have a similar story i was um, a graduate student uh, in new york in stony brook and uh, like every other counterpart of mine i was like Oh yeah, I have to apply for developer roles, right? Because that's what you do after your masters in computer science. Uh, I honestly never enjoyed coding. I'll be very, very honest. I know it may be stereotypical and what not, but I honestly never had my heart in it. But uh, you're early on in your career. If you, if all that's what you see. uh you're like ha huh, probably that's where i have to go because i did not have a lot of other examples uh, growing up so yeah i joined as a developer and i was i was doing my day to day job and then you know um i used to hate i used to hate the configurations that you need to make uh spec- uh specifically when you're like trying to deploy something now it might have been might become easier because of all of these solutions that we have but earlier your code is not running because there is one stupid configuration mistake like i used to it used to nerve get on my nerves right um and at that point i was just working in a project and we were massively delayed so what that led to do um, was that you know it put us in a war room together and everybody on the team was in the same war room right mm-hmm. and i was just one like a junior developer so most of my interactions before that had been with uh, you know just my engineering manager who used to tell me ha theek hai ye task kar do wo task kar do but then in that war room i actually got to interact with the pm with the pm of my team right she was actively um telling us some solutions she was actively uh testing things out and i got really fascinated right like what does she do and at that time this was not glamorous this was not popular um and that's when you know i also got to spend some time with her and really understood what her day to day life was and i got really intrigued with oh okay yes and i was like this sounds 
way more exciting than what i get to do right and anyways as a developer i was involved in the solutioning and you know you would ask questions why are we building this why is this metrics uh, what metric is this going to move etc so that gave me like that entry point into oh yes this is something that i'd really like to pursue right so that's how it started uh, i can go on into how did i you know land my first role but this is like my first uh, entry that's how you discovered that role named as product management exists and that's you, right. so you started talking to that person and understanding that what does she do exactly so as you mentioned that uh, you were curious but what did you like about her role as a pm i'll be very honest i think i constantly used to evaluate what my strengths are and what i like to do in general ki ha theek hai i'm i'm better at these things i'm not so good at these things and these are the things that i absolutely do not enjoy mm. uh and when i saw her i think she was telling us a schema or something she was designing a schema or a table into which we needed to uh fill in the records and i thought yeah this is this is interesting i mean thank god i don't have to like sit and configure this i can just tell you the schema or i can tell you what i want in a certain format and then you go figure out how you need to bring it to me right mm-hmm. and uh the part that i was struggling in my job was exactly how to get it done right that was the part i was not enjoying but mm-hmm. i was pretty much good at uh, what to do and you know what format do i need it in right so i thought this is pretty interesting she just comes and tells me that this is what i need and i was like yeah i think this sounds fine of course that's naive as well because that did not give me an entire depth into what else she did behind the scenes right and also the timing right because she was super into that execution mode at that moment mm. but whatever glimpse i saw i really i really enjoyed that um and that led me to really understand okay what else do you do okay this is not the fun part this is the fun part but yeah more plus than minus so here i am very interesting tell me about that how you cracked the first pm job and then how you grew has grown your career from there to a finally a senior pm at cult so after talking to her i she just told me ha go by cracking the pm interview and i have like that early edition um the orange book and i went into it and i started reading okay these are the things and then i i went into like a rabbit hole of understanding what product management was and back in 2017 honestly uh there were not a lot of resources around this um you couldn't just find tons of articles like you do now to really understand the depth of this role because probably uh even people were in the process of figuring it out themselves right and defining or streamlining what this role meant mm-hmm. but yeah there were a couple of resources on you know uh how do you need to think about the problem how do you need to think about metrics how do you need to um you know think about different products right mm-hmm. um and at that time i had zero guidance so all i thought was oh i need to just read this book and um, i i will probably understand what it means and then i am ready for interviews this is how naive i was right um and this and then i'll interview and then somebody will just just take me um and boy i was <laughs> i was wrong right um just interviewing itself is a skill like you have to be some people are so good but they are just not that great at interviewing right um i definitely struggled with a lot of interviews and that's when i started to learn wh- what was missing i honestly did not have resources to figure out ki oh acha i need to use products first because there was nobody to tell me and and right now this might sound very very weird to some people who are in this age where they're like just product management is flooded and it's trending on google searches but genuinely back then there was there was just nothing available 
and when I started interviewing, I really found a few good people who guided me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I was blurting things that I just read on the like in a book and using a lot of my common sense, right? But a PM is a lot more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several things that you need. And then eventually, uh, I started getting better because I was interviewing and and I and at the end of every interview, I used to ask, okay, can I get some feedback? I'm really trying to improve in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my first uh, manager, he was he was heavier on the marketing side, but since it was a startup, I got to do both marketing and product management. Mm. And he was he was Andy. The it was a German startup, um, um, and uh, he gave me the first opportunity um, to really learn on the job. I wouldn't say I was super skilled. But yes, I did know certain fundamentals. I was strong technically because of the recent technical background. And he honestly gave me a chance. Um, and then, you know, learning on the job was, uh, was the best part. Uh, there, was, there were a lot of other peers who were amazing. And I got to learn from their experience. Uh, so that's how I at least opened the door for myself. And then eventually, you know, you keep working on your skills and you keep improving. Um, and it was slightly easier because, you know, you start with that uh, execution side of things. So Scrum, all of that is like the easier side of things to be very honest for myself. Um, and I was quick to learn uh, on the job. Um, and yeah, like that's how I made headway into this. I also want to touch, uh, call out one more person who's really helped me. There's this person called Derek, and he runs this uh, cohort-based courses, right, where they help you prepare for interviews and stuff. And at that time, that startup was really small, and he worked so closely with me. He helped me prepare for my interviews, and I'm I'm still very grateful to that person uh, to really help me get that that first job. Mm. So yeah. yeah. So your first job was in uh, US. Yeah, so I never worked in India. I went to the US, did my masters, and uh, from there the first job was as a developer. And then I switched within in within like eleven months or something into a product. So yeah. Mm, so basically, a software developer and then a product manager right after that. Yeah. How did you got the surety that this career? will take you where you want to go but have you read about it have you figured that pm is going to be something uh, substantial as a role in organizations i really wish i'd done that i um looking back yes it does feel naive uh, but as i said i did not want to be miserable at a job i maybe some people again I'm very appreciative. I'm very grateful to be in that position that I, that even if it was not a very logical decision, I was able to make one. One thing I was sure was that this is technology. So technology was not going anywhere, right? So either if you are a PM or whatever, I was still in the technology field, which means I had a lot of opportunity. Second was you spend eight to 10 hours at your job, right? Depending uh, on the company that you work for and being miserable constantly is not is not good for you it's not good for the work that you put in I've always been that person who wants to learn a lot and ne- not be that person who's at like 40 and does not know what's going on has no substance that was my biggest fear in life I that was my biggest fear in life I did not want to be at a place where Oh, it's 40 years may she's become some director. Like I, I, I cannot take that. And I was like, if I keep doing it, I'm not going to invest my hundred percent. I'm not learning uh, because I have no interest and I'm not happy. Right. Should I try something that, I, that, or at least give myself a shot where I could do something better with my skills and add value. So tough for decision. Yeah. Uh, ki haan, hai, product management mein. 
I didn't know it's going to be big. I didn't know it's going to uh, become one of the most, you know, exciting career for so many people. Uh, but I also knew that, if I'm not able to do it, uh, I can come back to technology. I mean, if I can switch to a completely new role, I can always come back and code. So very interesting and amazing transition and the how you thought about it and navigated and then had your uh, backup planned as well that if this didn't work out, I think very uh, reasonable according to me. And the learning part is also very important. Uh, you can't be only keep sitting in one role and doing the job as they are. So you have to keep learning. Tell me what do you do to become one person better PM every day? I think upskilling is must for any role. Matlab, you don't have to be a PM to uh, constantly upskill, but I think uh, it's very important to constantly upskill yourself, right? So in general, I try to honestly learn from not just like other fellow PMs. I just try to learn from anywhere. Right. Jaise, one of the skills is communication. You need to be a great communicator, right? So you can watch a lot of like people who give, let's say, TED Talks or people who are in politics um, and they influence a lot of people in the crowd, right? So what can you learn from them? How do they talk? Where do they give those pauses? Uh, which words do they emphasize, right? So... I think I try to do that um, a lot, trying to learn from people that I personally admire. Like Satya Nadella is someone, I know it might sound cliche, but um, he does speak very well. He's a, he's a great orator. So that's one thing that I do. Second is just constantly reading, right? There's just so many newsletters coming up, not just about PMing, but also what are the different trends that are happening? What, what is the different uh, industry that's coming up? That's number two. Third is I write a lot myself. So that requires a lot of research. So I spend a lot of time doing that. And it also gives you a lot of clarity when you have to write something for people, uh, you need to have that clarity in your head as well. So that uh, is the third thing. And fourth is just using products yourself, right? I regularly go to the app store, see key. How is the copy written? How are they communicating with me? Where is my attention gravitating? Uh, why is it gravitating there, right? What is the top app right now? Why is it the top app? And then try to use a couple of them because I think it's very exciting. Like um, some... I, I mean, when some people crack certain things, I think it just it just makes me very happy. Uh, I get very excited. Uh, so I think, yeah, these are the four things that I particularly do. One thing that I would like to do more is uh, talk to a lot more people. I think that's why like I'm on the podcast as well. I get to learn from you as well. So yeah, that's something I'd like to do more. But yeah, I think five things uh, to constantly upskill. Yeah, as you mentioned, five things. So four, you have mentioned. Fifth is obviously reading my LinkedIn post of becoming one person better. <laughs> yeah, like I like that. Like I told you before as well, right? Not just for the podcast, that Uber question was interesting. So that's like subtly pitching that uh, I write a lot of good posts on LinkedIn. <laughs> Hashtag shameless promotion. So very interesting, I think. A lot of research, a lot of writing, a lot of reading, meeting fellow uh, PMs and uh, uh, looking at other products and how they are doing things. All are beautiful examples. And I think every aspiring or early PM in their career, they should, they should de do these things so that they can actually become better. So tell me, what is product management according to you? I just feel like your first... And only job is to build the right thing. By right, it means whatever a, a customer needs should suit your business and you're making money out of it. Um, and it's improving lives, right? That's what I mean by right. You shouldn't care about, oh, I did this better or I did this better. If you've not been able to build the right product, I think that's the biggest onus uh, on you, on your shoulders. And I think you should take that very, very seriously. And once you figured out that, yes, this is the right thing to build, 
that's when you should execute it beautifully you should execute it right and anything that comes in between the first and the last stage uh anything that requires to make both of these things happen is your job mm. so yeah that's how i define uh, pm it's actually one of the most beautiful definition i heard uh, about product management building the right thing explaining the right properly what it it has to serve customer it has to serve business at the same point of time creating value for both as you mentioned and obviously get done everything which ever coming in between to make this successful yeah. once obviously you execute it then analyzing that have you done the right thing or not if you're taking decisions or building something and you could have been wrong two times today but eventually you will be less wrong in the future as you are making more decisions more doing more analysis so i think that's a that's a wonderful uh, direction of thinking as a pm there's a lot of similarity between an entrepreneur and product manager according to me uh, i feel the way entrepreneur uh, plans that they saw a gap which is like a pain point in the customer's life with respect to some category some industry and then they go after solving it making money for the business uh and they get done everything uh around that to make that reality that is the reason this product management role is very exhaustive in its nature i'll just give you an example i i do want to insert this founder of whoop um it's a company which is a wearable company for anybody who does not know and it's a band with a with a sensor right they track all of your body measurements and they believe in providing insights about actionable insights in fact for you to you know improve your health on a daily basis right uh, there's one word that he's one uh, paragraph that he was saying right so it's a band with a sensor right you can imagine how many requests he gets about oh can we can it have a watch face why doesn't it not look like a watch why are you not making it a watch right mm-hmm. but the sentence that he said was that the moment we decide to put a face on it or a watch screen on it the discussions will very quickly move from um tracking your health to oh what watch no watch face should we give it oh what notification should come in what app should be put in and you are deviating away from the core problem your core mission that you were set to you know mm-hmm. you set to solve mm-hmm. uh, and that was so powerful to me um a lot of people or a lot of companies for the for, for that matter just move into oh ha watch bik raha hai let me go sell watches now mm-hmm. or let me go uh, do this now because this is selling like hotcakes but really staying core to the problem is is an amazing quality and i could uh, think about this because you brought entrepreneurs and product managers uh, in a similar light and i was like yeah this is exactly what you have to do you you know uh, when we answer these questions uh, about oh this is the mission of the company we probably may take it lightly but this is where your mission your vision or your values mm. come into play from distracting you to building that notification uh, and sticking to solving that core problem that you are set um, to solve and also add value that was a beautiful example this is going to stay with me for a very long time i think yeah. thanks for sharing that i want to understand uh, how you help yourself to go after the right problem when you are approaching a uh, any product problem to solve as i study more around strategy i just feel like the best way is to first of all ask yourself why like those five whys are super important um because the more you go to the deeper levels there are a lot of questions that you answer for yourself as well right um and there's great value in that because after a while after like let's say the second buy it's very difficult to have a superficial answer it will definitely push you to go deeper and question um that thinking or your reasoning right and it's very difficult to get to five whys without uh, finding a substantial answer so that's one uh, 
procedure that I do always. Second is always uh, think about why are we doing something now, right? For me, uh, let's say you come and tell me, oh, let's do this today, right? Any change in decision or direction should have a change in one of the inputs that you took before or add inputs uh, that led to that output before, right? You simply can't change outputs without any change in input. So right. either um, just as an example, right? Earlier, my product was very online because we launched during the pandemic. Everybody was very concerned about lifestyle diseases. And most of these lifestyle diseases uh, um, are because of essentially weight, to be very honest, right? But as the world started opening up, the input parameter that changed for us was people were wanting to go outside. They did not just want to stick to a solution which was uh, completely online, right? So taking that change in input, which was the change in external circumstances, I had to evaluate what changes does it bring for me? right? How do I need to make those changes in my product to get the best outcome possible? Mm. Third is, what is the, um, of course, you're going to look at a lot of data. So I'm not going to even talk about that. That's very basic common sense. Uh, you are going to look at all the data points, what's changing. And I think that's partially covered in the second answer. Mm. And third is, uh, the opportunity cost, right? If you don't do this today, or if you choose to do this today, what are you sacrificing on? Right? Mm -hmm. um, people just come and tell me, oh, let's build this. But I'm like, why? What, what are you moving because of this, mm -hmm. right? So like really, truly understanding the impact this mm -hmm. is going to have. Mm. Um, and not just the impact this is going to have on being built, but what are you missing out on? Because the moment you choose to build something, you're choosing to not build something else, right? Mm. So what will be that opportunity cost, mm. right? So um, I think just looking at these three things in particular, uh, the fourth aspect will be the competitive landscape, right? But again, I'm not a proponent and I've seen this happen recently too much that there's no original thinking. Um, if you look at Instamart, Zepto and Blinkit, their pages look exactly the same and probably users don't care, right? Mm. Because they are looking at the lowest price, mm. but you don't know how did they arrive at that page in the first place? Like, is that probably that trial thing that they are struggling to uh, increase the conversion of? Or, or is that really a successful page? So I'm not a huge proponent of just looking at what competitors do and just simply copy. But yes, like understanding, okay, um, um, I'm seeing a lot of offline things pop up should be considered. Right? So that could be a source of ideas, but it could not, it should not be something that you just simply go and copy. Mm. Um, so these are the four things at the top of my head. Um, let me know if I've missed something, but uh, I think you are bang on and uh, what an amazing examples you have given and the thought process is apt. I think if I just summarize it, I would say, say, uh, asking why why now itself is good enough and to support these two you will use customer voice data uh, and obviously the other benchmarking studies or marketing insights you have i think like those act as an input but getting the answer to why and why now will help you to decide obviously is it right or not right how i also portray it is be friends with your customer spend so much time with your customer that uh, becoming literally the voice of that person customers can be of broader to niche uh, like segmentation and obviously i think people should segment their users really well once they segment their users really well and they spend so much time with it it's very easy for them to decide what is right what is not right tell me how your day looks like as a product manager so i go in pretty early also like just to skip traffic on the days that i need to go to the office i'm a huge proponent of taking 
uh, important meetings in person because there's a lot that you can learn and there's a lot that people absorb more than just your face all uh, right there's a lot of body language i think there's the understanding that happens a lot better especially early on when you know you're still building those relationships i feel like that in person connect is is very important so that being said i go into the office pretty early and uh, there's usually nobody so i get to get to spend couple of like one and a half hours with myself uh, with a cup of tea i'd like to read uh what's going on um or if there's something important that i need to prepare for that day um i would do that instead of reading so that is the focus time that i get for myself and then once people start coming in you know there's just these uh daily meetings with several several stakeholders uh you will have your stand up you will have different discussions um just with your stakeholders right so i have different smes like mine is a very ops heavy product as you would already know right so just talking to different smes be it nutrition be it fitness uh psychology um i spend some time doing that um because they are also very close to our coaches or who handle our end users uh, and coaches are also my stakeholder right delivering a great experience for, for my coaches means that my users will get the best experience right mm. so just knowing how how's the general um thought process what's going on uh, what are some of their pain points etc then definitely thinking for the road ahead looking at um um the strategy or let's say if there is a metric presentation preparing for that so i think th- that's pretty regular right like your meetings can be broken down into um three or four types right where you are running a meeting with your team which is usually a set of engineers or different ops people just to learn about the product um just to learn about something that you've built and getting feedback or telling them what you're building or answering questions so that's one execution side of meeting uh stand ups everything is included into that second is where you're talking to different stakeholders trying to convince them of what is the path ahead right um and third is general meetings with other product managers what's going on how is something that they are doing impacting you uh, so that's the third set of uh, meetings that you probably have during the day mm-hmm. right um then i try to wrap things up by 5 because again i don't want to be stuck in traffic um so um i bring back work um i would eventually not want to do that Uh, because i start my day early as well but um yeah i come back by 5 i take my evening walk very very seriously uh because that's the time i get to spend with myself it's very important to me um i get some thinking time or maybe i just get time to wind down from a hectic day mm. and um then i spend one hour or so uh, just working on things um there are two other meetings that i missed one is uh, one on ones with my manager it's mentorship is very very important to me i feel like you can just learn so much just having a good mentor in your life um so just catching up on how i'm feeling how things are going that's an important meeting for me and i like to prepare for that and the last one is usually on fridays i'd like to set up some uh, two hours each week or uh, to, to speak to customers right uh, sometimes uh, it's set up by uh, the customer support team sometimes i just call the coaches myself because they are also my users it can also be just sending out an nps survey and just analyzing those responses right mm-hmm. uh, so just uh, spending that time is uh, equally important so i think yeah that's how you know overall in a gist um my day looks like Mm. or a week looks like that <laughs> obviously as you mentioned the everyday of in a life of a product manager cannot be seen and you have so much yeah. weight task on a daily basis so that keeps the joy all joy also uh, alive in this role and uh, it breaks the monotony obviously uh, which helps us to do even more innovative or creative work on a day to day basis i think a uh, fair it's a it's a better way to put it it's not a day it's a week actually how it looks like 
I think yes. As you mentioned, you're working on a weight loss product at CultFit. What are you working on? It's called Cult Transform. It is a weight loss product, and we try to build a program which is based on cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, to simplify that, it's essentially how can you build a system around yourself so that staying healthy becomes your identity. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem that happens is most people, you know. there are two types of people who want to lose weight right one is a person who who has a wedding and they are like oh i just want to like look snatched uh, for in the next 3 months and that's a very common behavior uh, everywhere and second is a person who just probably got a health scare covid for example all uh, right and then they are like oh no i need to bring that lasting change right of course i would like to tackle these two in a different way uh, and primarily we look for people who want to drive that long term sustainable change right where you have understood that it's not a days game it is not a months game you have to start living a healthy lifestyle that right so we we've built a product around you know creating a system around you by tackling all four pillars Mm-hmm. uh because weight loss is not just you know going to the gym most people 70% of the people oh mereko weight lose karna hai ha mereko bas gym jana padega that is the thought process right mm-hmm. because nutrition is hard it's mm-hmm. very difficult to eat healthy it's very mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. so ye sort of norm ban gaya hai logo ke dimag mein ki oh ha mereko bas gym jana hai right doesn't work like that mm-hmm. 70% is your the food that you put inside your body and mm-hmm. on top of that at a higher level right there's sleep and stress as well when you're not sleeping your hormones that make you feel hungry are through the roof and you will feel like eating more that's why you know at night you think like oh mereko bhook lag rahi hai to main bhook nahi lag rahi your hormone that's activated right so we try to tackle weight loss uh, holistically by you know working on all four pillars and then we try to build a system around this so that eventually you know once your pack is over you don't come back and say oh i've put on weight again you try to imbibe that and carry that lifestyle with you for you know hopefully forever so that you know you keep that weight off so mm-hmm. yeah that's in short about the product as you mentioned very uh, like clearly people think that they want they have to go to gym to lose a weight but Uh, because nutrition is hard which is more hard according to you as per user nutrition or exercise i think it's a, a little circumstantial mm-hmm. that's why you know during our onboarding we do ask people to answer a set of questions and give them a score in each of the four pillars that i just described earlier mm-hmm. because agar aap akele rehte ho um and you don't have a help for whatever reason right sometimes um food becomes very challenging to you mm-hmm. uh, i cannot imagine working 12 13 hours a day and then just cooking uh, in the house uh, mm-hmm. no matter how much i value nutrition right mm-hmm. uh and and the other way to look at it is you know you've never been to a gym you're coming from a small place maybe xyz reason right and um you're like no and 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 a lot of people have this mental stigma as well right oh no i'll get injured oh wo mujh pe dhyan nahi dega i have to figure everything on my own and if i get injured or if i get a heart attack because of whatever is happening right now so there can be different stigmas so and my job is to not uh, stereotype people but it's important to understand fundamentally that ye mat socho ki sirf mere ko fitness karna hai ya mere ko sirf nutrition karna hai that should be the bottom line your bottom line should be i have to work equally in all of these areas to be able to uh, you know achieve those goals mm-hmm. so that's how i would like to uh, put it other than obviously as you mentioned looking snatched which is a very good life for people who wanted to lose weight but is a program trying to solve the first basic question why you need to lose a weight yes uh, absolutely absolutely so one insight is that when you explain people right why you should do certain things jab aap explain karte ho logo ko ki 
हम ऐसे आपको कुछ भी खाने को नहीं बोल रहे हैं द रीजन वी आर आस्किंग यू टू ईट फाइबर फर्स्ट is so that you feel fuller first mm. like faster sorry mm. so if you feel fuller faster then you're not going to eat that you know extra katori of rice because mm. your your body has told you to not eat mm. right mm. so the moment you go and explain the why it helps with two things right आपको समझ आता है कि हाँ ये करना चाहिए एंड व्हेन यू यू गेट अ रीजनिंग इन योर हेड व्हाई यू शुड बी डूइंग समथिंग एंड सेकंड इज यू आल्सो स्टार्ट ट्रस्टिंग योर कोच एज इन हाँ दिस पर्सन इज टॉकिंग सेंस इसको कुछ पता है एंड द मोमेंट यू फाइंड समवन जिसकी एडवाइस आप लेना चाहते हो या आप सोचते हो हाँ ये इसमें एक्सपर्ट है you want to take that advice as well mm-hmm. so it works in both ways mm-hmm. so we've seen this to to work wonderfully when you explain it to users why you should be doing certain things is there's a reason i'm asking you to sleep at 11 right um and i think the same works with kids right uh, they are very curious why should i do this why should i do this and the moment you are able to satisfy that curiosity i don't think you need to uh, beat them up oh that's why you need to sleep because they understand Hmm. What are the customer insights you have learned to finally shape this program? First is weight loss is very very personal. I think जब आपको कोई छोटी सी problem होती है right जैसे oh मेरे को hair fall हो रहा है and at that moment that problem is so big for you hmm. and you know just understanding that depth की एक लड़की जिसको PCOS है she's overweight how emotional is this for her? I was speaking to a customer and she just cried so much in the user call right and aapko tab samajh mein aata hai ki kitna personal hota hai ek uh, user ke liye you'll be like ha theek se khana kha lo it's very easy to just give that uh, knowledge ki are knowledge they also know it's about meeting them where they are right mm-hmm. and that was one insight that you know we initially started with mm-hmm. our coaches try to meet you where you are really empathize you and not make you feel bad oh tum itne matlab heavy ho abhi to kaise weight loss hoga doesn't work like that and mm-hmm. what works for himanshu may not work for ravi you have to really understand the entire lifestyle of ravi to be able to create those interventions throughout the day Mm. and that's why we call it coaching there's a lot of coaching involved to help you how can you make those changes bahut bar aapke paas restrictions hote hain because of your lifestyle but it's a right coach helps you navigate those challenges right mm. that was the first insight second was kuch bhi for motivation right you always need to keep coming up with something new users get bored very quickly the moment you launch a new feature you'll actually see quite an uptick for uh, a certain amount of time but then they start getting used to it and you have to constantly think of something new to keep them motivated so um, that's the second thing like you know um, just as an example you should be recording your weight on a weekly basis right and we had to actually come up with one two three four different iterations of the feature not because the first one did not work it did work for some time but then the users got used to it and you know the usage slipped that was yet another insight so it's not like you know you just arrive you never arrive probably in such a product where you know users have to constantly or uh, stay motivated third is a lot around um, you know different psychology hacks and how they work i think that was that was very very interesting for me to uh, learn uh, just a small example a commitment device mm. if a person posts about oh i'm going to be consistent i will not eat sugar this week on let's say like a closed group right it could be a whatsapp group of people they her they know of some sorts like you know they are in the same journey people tend to be a lot more consistent and these things actually work right so learning about these little psychology hacks that you can use for helping the users not trying to use it in a wrong way i think every product manager should be extremely mindful of not using hacks to exploit your users right 
but helping them get better um i think that's the third one like how you can use psychology in a really really positive way to bring that positive change so yeah these are like three at the top of my head but i'm sure there's just a gazillion um i i completely agree i can vouch for all of them though i'm recently felt the last one as well that once you committed something in public like i committed that i'll be posting 100 questions into product space almost on a, a daily basis i think that changed the game for me like now i cannot go back and uh, it's like uh, oh it's okay even if i don't do it no i have to i like promised and uh, sometimes because these kind of promises to yourself but committing in public uh, with a positive appreciation from people around you and having a community around that great support to move into yeah. that direction. tell me something about uh, any insight which help you to that you were about to make a product like certain way but uh, after having that insight and learning more about that insight your product approach completely changed i think we were redesigning our uh, let's say the landing page right in one of my like features let's say and uh, usually if you look at most landing pages what they show you is a very nice video explaining the product right so we have this we have that and it's engaging um etc um and i was like yeah that's how it should be um and you know after the video you will have your features and then your social proof and stats etc so i think everything was in place um but what clicked uh, after speaking to one or two people who were more on the growth like on the growth side of things they said what do people look when they look at a weight loss product they look at before and after and that was like a i don't know if it was an aha moment of some sorts ki yaar yes probably that's right so instead of the video they said why don't you put before and after mm. of you know, all the users that um have achieved weight loss through the program yeah and it just improved conversions like crazy uh like it was it was through the roof just because of that one small change so maybe that's an insight like customers are looking for um show me results whether this program is going to get me results or not so mm. yeah you have basically showed them the final outcome with respect to themselves how it will look in the end i also got an interesting idea that uh, if you ask your customer a user basically to upload a photo of theirs and uh, it will be able to show an outcome photo of their image they will be able to see themselves into that and then you show instantly to reach here you have to do these seven things religiously it's a very nominal price and we will help you with everything and bang on i think uh, that's a that's a great idea um noom does this already like if you go on their platform um it does it differently like it will show you yeah you can lose this much weight in this much time but i think what you suggested is a much you know probably visual. i can ask yeah more it's very very uh, it appeals to the senses a lot more maybe i can ask dali to create like you know this person in 9 months and probably it will create it uh, yeah. so yeah product teams are generally trying to push the features because they have to show it to the entire organization that they are working on some newer ideas or newer things they identified the newer thing newer problems but it's not always the case all problems do not get solved with the products or even some problems will get solved or you can stay on the lane to achieve the vision uh, by removing some features actually by making it lighter and uh, adding value with the different mediums so how do you tackle that at cultfit uh, surprisingly like my product is very very early so i am at a stage where i really need to tackle a lot of problems um so all of them have impact all uh, right because it's very early it's not a mature product this this typically starts happening when you know your product is really mature but again i feel like 
there's always something to iterate on if you're constantly looking at your data your life cycle uh, of the product always has opportunities i'd like to i like to call it life cycle opportunities right there's always something that you can improve mm. right so uh, we are definitely very paranoid about impact um it it is not just building something but uh, impact is something that we always look for um right so we don't look at things like oh create a feature factory it's a very okr focused process and we do need to show impact right and when we are like planning for the okrs the question just comes up ha so why are you building this like i don't care for that impact for if it's very small let's say right or if it's just very incremental hmm where else can we uh, spend that energy or where else can we spend that time right so unfortunately it doesn't happen or hasn't happened for my product yet but again you know you should just constantly look at what should you be solving or what is the most important problem that you should be solving for and like you said uh, it could also just be sunsetting a feature right and sunsetting is not just turning a feature off there's a lot of things that you need to do even for the sunsetting process for yeah. example so uh, yes there are times when you know you may feel like oh i don't have work for the engineers for example but it happens rarely i'd say right because everybody i'm sure you're always bombarded with ops oh please ye kar do ye kar do and i think the problem is always more on having too many things on your plate instead of having uh, rather than having just uh, you know oh i don't i really don't have anything to do for then probably you know you need to find a better product or find a better place uh, where the work is not very interesting or you're not growing but for the former i think you have to be extremely paranoid about uh, impact uh, when people come to me with feature requests i just i just try to understand where they are coming from um why are they what is the problem that they are solving another thing that you would see is people just come ye build kar do but kyun like what are you trying to solve right that's number one and second what impact is this going to bring right so for example we were trying to build something uh, i just got a random request um chalo ye build kar dete hain this will facilitate people to sell more um but then i was like no i'm sorry you've not been able to show me that first of all generate that revenue right mm. for me to be able to invest in this i have a gazillion other things on my plate you've not shown me x amount of revenue to the like to to say the least and you're asking me to build something but then what if it is not going to sell itself like you've not shown me that this could sell but you're asking me to build something and then what if you know you are said it doesn't go through right so when you challenge people when you really make them think most times even they are also very logical they want the product to succeed right so they also understand oh yes that makes makes a lot of sense and that's why you know we should be prioritizing something else so you should just look at impact um as a product manager i'll just want to refer the definition you gave do everything what is required to make an impact on the lives of two things one is business and one is customer thing well summarized do tell me about your interview process at cult again just a little disclaimer things can be different for different pods and i interviewed almost a year back so uh, probably more so things keep changing as well i had to go through four rounds of interviews first is with your hiring manager second is with your engineering manager so that they can gauge whether you're the right fit for the team whether you have the right product sense um, and third can you like really interact with the engineering teams with that level of technical skills that you need right and then the third is with like a more senior like a director vp level where you know they gauge your behavioral interview questions right just to understand you better how can you do conflict resolution your soft skills essentially and also give you like a problem statement uh, to see your thinking that's the third round and fourth is also again with like senior leadership just to see whether you're the right fit for the organization etc so it was four rounds in total no guesstimate questions per se for me the same product questions behavioral questions and a cultural fit so yeah 
So product RCA questions like general, can I say that they were genuinely trying to assess your experience and uh, more relevant to cult context, or is it very general open, like design YouTube for kids kind of questions? No, I think it was, it was a mix of both. The first one is a lot more open, open and a lot more, not very specific to cult, but eventually like at the third, it also turns close to, uh, you know, how can you work towards improving cult as well? So it's, it's a mix of both. Got it. Finally, a rapid fire time. It's very fun beyond the life of a product manager who we are as people. Uh, you have to choose between money, power, fame, and why? I think uh, I'd love uh, to go with money right now because I want to like retire early, just sit and read my book, be on my own schedule. So I'd love to event to first get to that, and then you know I can see what comes. I, I'm sure, and I don't want fame. I don't like a lot of extra attention on myself. So that's not coming, but yeah, right now I'll uh, pick money. Okay. Okay. Fair. Let's say, if PM not PM, what happens? You won't believe that five years of age, um, I was practicing ramp walks. Uh, <laughs> not that I want to be a model, but yes, I love fashion in general. I really like fashion. So I do something in that. Hmm. So fashion may model hoti because you do not like female attention, uh, but fashion may maybe fashion designer or fir event creators in fashion, like where other people can actually where do I get to wear the nicest clothes <laughs> <laughs> and they stay with me. Like don't take it away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a few words and only funny answers are allowed. Okay. Uh, I'm not a like... funny person. I will see. <laughs> Customer. Please use my features more. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you wanted to say to them. So I asked asked a friend of mine, he said, Bhagawan. (laughs) Customer. Okay, great. Yes. (laughs) I didn't close my hands like this. So yeah, Bhagawan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any uh, stakeholder? Sharks. Sharks. Just eat you up. They just eat you up. That's why. <laughs> okay. MVP. A bicycle. <laughs> because that's the example I can <laughs> think of. <laughs> Instead of shipping a car. <laughs> I think that's a good analogy to it. Can you tell me, startup or big tech, which one you desire more? I think I've worked for a lot of startups. I've worked for a lot of startups. Like all my career, I've just probably worked for startups. So I would like to see how is it in big tech. Mm, Okay. And uh, what's your dream company? I think Figma would be one. Uh, I don't know. This is an answer before Adobe. But I genuinely find that product to be would be like, it's, it's an amazing product. Like, um, just, just very, very smartly designed, very beautifully designed. Yeah. Someone earlier on the episode also said the same thing, exact same thing, like Figma, but after Adobe, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe exactly. it's a good thing. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think there must be something that Adobe is very enterprise types and Figma is very innovation driven. So that's the thought process gap maybe so you have to put one offer you have to accept one offer you have to put one offer on hold and one basically reject from all three companies one is google one is figma and one is meta so one i have to reject one you have to reject one you have to accept one you have to put on hold i think i'll accept figma and i i I can see the psychology that's playing in my head because I just confirmed that Figma is my best company. So I'm feeling very conflicted, but we'll say Figma because I want to be consistent on reject would be meta right now, just because of the state of the affairs, honestly. Uh, But meta is a great product company and uh, hold would be Google. Yeah, I, I just want to change it. I want to accept Google. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> I've always, but I also don't necessarily 
align with Google products a lot as well. So when this moral decision comes, I I will honestly think it's it's a great feeling that you know you got accepted, you're a Googler and whatnot. But honestly, I do not resonate with a lot of Google products. Um, mm-hmm. so depends on what product it is for. But yeah, I'd like to keep that on. I would like to accept Google. Um, Figma would be on hold. Uh, now I have a reason because they got accepted by like they got they merged with Adobe, so my heart will be like heart to get up there. And reject would be Meta because just of like I just feel like they need a lot more clarity, uh, mm. and I don't know how and where Metaverse is genuinely going. Okay, okay, which is like one movie you really like? I think Top Gun Maverick would be great. Yeah, okay. I think that's at the top of my head and. very good movie do you also watch biographies or business movies like social network types yeah there is uh, this um, series called dirty money i just want them to come up with season 3 they haven't in a while but they talk about all of these financial like really crazy things that happened right um and i think that's super exciting um mm. super exciting to watch i'm adding it to my list it's amazing you should watch dirty money So, one book you really love as your writer, your reader. One book you really love. I think uh, there's this book called uh, "Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office." Uh, reading it recently, uh, very, very, very good book. Uh, it's not about being sassy. I'm not trying to be feminist here, but there are reservations reservations that women grow up with. um and it was it was great advice i i keep going back to it i want to keep imbibing and learning you know one is reading and one is like really being able to act on it um i think it's it's a great book mm okay okay imagine if you get a chance to have your own book what would be the title of that book jeez like this is a very complicated question this should not be rapid fire i don't know i can give you the guidelines i would want it to be extremely relatable uh, the the agenda should be that anybody coming from like anywhere should just feel that they can do it too if i make it i think that's what i would like to communicate and i want new york to be somewhere associated um because uh, that's very very close to my heart okay Okay, but one name if you have to give me, I'll just say Becca, and that used to be my pen name. Uh, I used to use it a lot when I was in New York, um, and I was a very different person. I thought I wanted very different things in life at that moment, and ever since I moved uh, to India, I discovered a different side of myself. Um, so I think, yeah, to that immature. girl uh, i think i I'd, i'd call it vekka uh, yeah okay it's a it's a good name vekka uh, means something what is the meaning no it doesn't so so in the us like people would just pronounce my name is anvika or vekka like it sounds to that so i was like yeah sure let me just have a small name i don't want to uh, like say this but i'm not able to control myself so we can put it like vekka vekka Waka, waka. <laughs> so one product leader or business leader you follow? I think I oh, I really like Anuj Rathi because I really like Swiggy as a product in general, and I know he was there early on. Uh, there are he doesn't like talk so much or write so much um, as other folks available, but uh, he does come on one or two of the podcasts, and he's and I've lo- learned a lot from him. just like a simple example is uh, understanding context before this um, i did not think it from that perspective right so um i i think i'm intrigued about him i don't know much but i really like what he teaches and what he's built um and i would have loved to have a mentor uh, like that honestly um so yeah i think that that's one uh, person got it got it this has been amazing i had a lovely time chatting today uh, with you anvika great examples analogies insightful frameworks and uh, like defined factors in a very structured way to think about how basically to approach the product management in general how to approach the career where you want to go how you are improving yourself amazing conversation i loved so much i had a, one of the best 
days, I would say. Is there anyone you want to say thank you for your career? Yeah, first of all, thanks for inviting. I think this was amazing. I'm pretty excited, pretty happy. Um, and I hope I could add value to anybody who's uh, giving us uh, the time to listen, right? I think lots of people to thank, right? I don't want to take any names, but I am where I am because uh, my parents cheer me a lot. My brother is always, always like there for me. And I think that's been the bright side of things when uh, after moving from New York. I think that's um, probably a biggest plus point to be able to live closer to family. I think like my husband to say the least he's always uh, he understands me he knows me uh, I, those are just very close people but I think everybody that I worked with honestly indirectly or directly uh, I'm extremely grateful for first of all people to create such opportunities so that you know you can express yourself um, second anybody to devote who devotes their precious time to really go through these things and third anybody who's helped me to learn in general, right? It's not like I just learn from my manager, but I just I learn from even, you know, a coach sometimes because they're just so creative in what they do. So uh, I guess that's everybody. Um, without that interaction, I probably wouldn't be uh, where I am. So yeah, and thanks to you for this opportunity. Pleasure. I cannot be more happier to have you here today. And like, I know the world is going to see a very small amount of conversation we had, but I had a lovely time. So I want to say thank you to the entire audience. If you guys are watching this video and you hadn't learned something and I must suggest that you should tell us what you are liking in the comments and uh, you want to basically reach to Anvika, ping her on LinkedIn. She is, she is open uh, to help any one of you in the right direction where if you want to proceed in your product management career or in writing in general if you actually love this video and you want to help other aspiring product manager early product management do share this video at least with one aspiring pm or one early pm so that they can improve in their career with that thought i would like to say bye bye see you in the next episode till then have a great time